Welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, aka Danny, aka Mr. You Can Too. I have a dope show today. I am joined by Devon Graham, aka The Black Airbender. In this episode, we take a deep dive and nerd out on all things breath and breath work. Not to mention other technologies that you can use to really enhance your biology and how you ultimately live your life. I really enjoyed this episode with Devon because I learned a ton and it really showed me just how multidimensional the breath is. You've probably heard me say this before, but the breath is such a powerful tool and it's something that we all have access to. So why not use it to the best of your abilities to enhance your life. If you enjoyed this show, please, please, please share with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I have an amazing guest in the building today. I'm joined by none other than Devon Graham, aka the Black Airbender. I had the pleasure of meeting this great man just a few weeks ago at a conscious networking event called Miami Made. And I feel like I connected to this man so deeply, so quickly. And for me, it's amazing to see someone that looks like me in these types of spaces. And we kicked it off really, really strong. Got to spend time with him. He was gracious enough to let me into his home and really put me on to a lot of the technology and just the amazing things that he's up to that really, to me, taps right into holistic human optimization. So, Devon, man. Hi, man. Welcome to the show, brother. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. First things first, how did you get the name The Black Airbender? Yeah, so The Black Airbender stemmed from my 30-day dry fast in, in the dark, doing darkroom therapy. And uh, within within the darkness, I've learned that uh, that that's that's what we're breathing in. We're breathing in the void. You know, our whole experience is in comforts, and even in our body, we're literally ninety percent space right, in right. our body. So the black airbender comes from the the dark void that we're literally we're all breathing in and having a eternal experience, so to speak. I love that. That's deep. And it makes a lot of sense. And it's always so interesting to me how more and more I'm starting to discover that our physical bodies are made up with all the same thing that of the physical elements that we see around us. And I know for you, the air is such a it's such a powerful element and going into breath work and just different technologies that you work with. Can you kind of let us under the veil of how you got into this work and ultimately started developing alchemy breathwork. Yeah, so I took everything I learned uh, from Bigu, uh, which is a Taoist energy cultivation practice, utilizing uh, everything I learned from what nasal breathing does, uh, the scientific aspects of utilizing how technology is based off the human body and really learn from that concept and compile it into what I call alchemy breath. Mm. I love that. I love that. And what led you into these studies? Was this something that you were always into, even as a, you know, a little boy? Or, or how did, how this, did this really, really grow, grow to, be? to be? 
Yeah, uh, it's. I think this started in terms of planting a seed, I guess, with my subconscious when I was into magic tricks. Like, I was the kid at the school who could bite a quarter and a half and, and chew it. <laughs> ah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I was very influenced by David Blaine, Chris Angel, those guys. And then um, the, the deeper I, I got into... Um, you can say conspiracy theories <laughs> at a young age. Mm -hmm. uh, the deeper I started to realize uh, the real magic, the real magic uh, is within all of us. And it, it literally stems from every breath manifesting our, our wildest dreams and our wildest desires and just every experience that we have. And taking that responsibility is, is so important. And to realize how powerful we, we really are in that sense. And that, that all led me, uh, at the time when I lived in California, I had a business partner and the business partner basically screwed me over. And then I met my mentor in, in Chinatown when he was giving a seminar and I told him everything I was going through. And he literally took me under his wing for over, over six months, six months. So I trained, you can say I trained with a, a monk, so to speak, because he, he really mm. he really embodied that uh, that type of energy for sure. Oh, that's and, amazing. Yeah, and what I, was that? I'm just curious, like what year? That was around 20, 2013. 2013, gotcha. Yeah, around 2013. So I've been on this journey yeah. for a long time. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we're almost 10 years now that you've been on that journey. And what's interesting about the work that you do, like, you know, I've come across different practices and forms of breath work, but the stuff that I've seen you working with, it's just on an entirely different level for maybe the people who just aren't familiar with the type of work that you're doing. How would you break it down at the simplest levels to kind of meet them where they're at and help them understand that yeah. type of work? Well, that's what alchemy breathwork is, meeting the person where they're at honoring their multi-dimensional characteristics because alchemy breathwork is compiled over hundreds of different breathing practices to be utilized in real time beyond the sit-down session in your daily life and having fun with the breath at the same time and the more we can honor that the more real uh, our whole experience can can really be and it's also honoring uh, where, where that person is at that point in time and really living and breathing, so to speak, more in the moment to come up with more solutions and progression. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. That's powerful. And what I love about that is that it makes it accessible for any and everybody as long as they're open to doing it, right? And the breath is something that's always with us. It's literally always there, yet I find that it's so heavily neglected and it shows up in the form of people either breathing super shallowly or they're constantly breathing through their mouth or they're just really holding their breath throughout time. So I'm curious, like, how do you teach awareness of the breath so that people can start to understand that, hey, this is a tool that's always there that you can utilize? utilize. Yeah, so I, I share mental breath work, quantum breathing, utilizing color breathing. So 
when everyone when anyone asks me like what's the difference between this style of breathing and uh, the others out there is the fact that you can utilize your environment uh, with the breath in, in certain mechanics so certain subconscious parts of you will start to resonate at a deeper level with the breath because the breath is something that connects the conscious mind and the subconscious and it's something we really do have control over uh, when, when, we, when we build that tolerance uh, for the weak components of the breath. Absolutely. Absolutely. And no, it makes a lot of sense how when we're able to tap into that, it allows us to build that bridge between the conscious and the unconscious mind, which essentially to me means that we're able to bring a new level of awareness in life. So as I extrapolate this out, you know, something that's so important to me is people understanding like, hey, when you have a new level of awareness, now you can decide to make new choices that serve where it is that you want to go in your life. So that's why I think the breath is absolutely incredible in helping create this and helping people better themselves in the process. What would you say that you found to be some of the more, I guess, just effective ways for people to get started? Like, I know you said you're always meeting people where they're at and there's different, you know, different strategies for each individual. But are there certain practices that you have found that are really easy for many people to implement? Oof. Yeah, that's why I started making subliminal breathwork music. Just listening to (laughs) efficient breathing will do a lot for the subconscious mind. I had a friend, the main reasons why I came out with it in in the public, because I had a friend whose uncle was on the ventilator. And in two weeks, he he could do the exact same breathing pattern we were playing over and over and over for him in the background while he was on the ventilator. And that that goes to show you how powerful the subconscious mind and our mirror neurons in our body start to pick up on on those breathing patterns no matter how subtle it is because the the body doesn't know the difference it's just like when you're watching a scary movie and they're running away from the killer and your butt your heart starts pounding <laughs> like you're running yeah. away because the body right. doesn't know the difference it's it's a you know 80 to 90 percent of communication is nonverbal, and mm-hmm. i feel like a heavy percentage of that um sh- comes from definitely body mechanics sure but definitely the breathing Mm. No, that makes a lot of sense. That makes a lot of sense. It's so funny you say that about how, you know, 80, 90% of all communication is nonverbal and then piecing that together with how, you know, my heart rate could go up if I'm watching like a thrilling movie or a scary movie. So it makes that connection very real. I'm curious when, because it's fascinating when you talk about the person who was on the ventilator and you were playing the the subliminals and they were picking up on it. What do you think that type of work can do if we were implementing it in more spaces? Just, you know, it's if, if on the elevator instead of the elevator music being whatever regular music it is or being in a shopping mall, like we had that type of music, you know, these subliminals playing instead. What do you feel like that could create? Uh, it would it would create more compassion towards everyone because the breath helps us connect more with that, that human that human compass, if you will. And, and and deep deep within ourselves. So, with that being said, if 
if one day the subliminal breathwork music was blasted on the radio or in in a massive in a massive way uh we we'd honestly see less tension we'd see uh, definitely more compassion for sure absolutely no it makes a lot of sense and you know what's coming up for me now is the role that the breath plays on our nervous system right and a lot of times if 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 i'm constantly in fight or flight mode right or that sympathetic nervous system i'm gonna be tense right it's gonna if i'm in a chronic state of that that's gonna cause a lot of you know disease over a long span of time versus when a person's able to tap into their breath slow their breath down be one with it that's when you see an individual being able to get into that rest and digest being able to feel their stress come down feel those cortisol levels come down so I love this idea of how one could even experience those benefits by simply listening to it, even if they weren't practicing it right away. Because by listening, slowly, they're going to be practicing it at the same time. Fascinating. Bingo. I love so that. It's, it's like they're doing the breath work, but they're, they're, they're somewhat not at the same time. But exactly. It, the, again, the body doesn't know the difference. So that, that's a, that's a power of music. That's a power of audio. That's a power of just the sound of the breath. And that goes to show you how multidimensional the breath really is. A lot of people view it in a one-dimensional way. And I like to really expand its multidimensional characters because it, it can it can resonate with someone at a at a at a deeper level depending on on where they're at because they have more options. When they have more options, then they can they can pick and choose what truly resonates with them at that specific point in time. A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and it's no surprise to me that the breath is multidimensional, just like many aspects of our lives. But I think one of the lies that people tell themselves is that we just live in this linear plane. That's just it's just what we see, it's what we hear, it's what we feel, it's the stuff that's in between our head. But it's it's so much more to that, and I love that the breath can be viewed and applied that way as well. When it comes to the breath, uh, something you said early on was that, you know, you're looking to make this fun, make breath work fun. Can you kind of talk about maybe what are some of like the traditional sit down forms of breath work that you see out there so that the listeners have a better understanding of maybe some of like the common breath work practices or most of the perceived seated breath work practices? versus some of the things that you like to implement to make it more more fun, fun. yeah so uh so many sit down practices like uh like the like the Hof method or pranayama in general um i would say those those main two holotropic mm-hmm. holotropic breath work uh, uh box breathing Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, in in terms of those, definitely more sit down. If anything, uh, gotcha. And and what I do, something simple as like color breathing. You know, breathing breathing with colors. Colors is universal, no matter where you go. So you can actually utilize a relationship with them. Say, I'm looking at a green tree, and I'm saying I'm inhaling as you're physically inhaling. I'm inhaling green healing energy. I'm exhaling green healing energy. And you can create 
you can create different affirmations and breathing life into different energy bodies, if you will. Just like we have a physical body that needs breath, mm-hmm. we have different emotional bodies, right? When we go right. through different emotions, we're, we're breathing in different breathing patterns. So why not, why not breathe life into different energetic bodies or the sub- different parts of our subconscious mind that holds those, the, those connections to those bodies? And breath is the powerful bridge. I had, I had one guy who, who had to live with his ex-wife because they shared a kid because that's why he didn't really want to leave. And she triggers him uh, multiple times to the point where the cops would come, stuff like that. And um, he, he easily gets angry sometimes. Mm, sounds familiar. Sure people <laughs> could relate. <laughs> yeah. So there was one, uh, yeah, one day she, she really tried triggering him. And all he could do was he was just in awe and he started crying because all he could think of was the colors she was wearing. And then, and then she started crying because then she realized that she's how she was projecting her trauma towards him like all this time. Oh wow! And they just had a had a powerful moment of understanding and finally um, became more friends than enemies, so to speak. And yeah, that's the power of building a relationship with our breath and colors, in, in just that one one dynamic. That's incredible. So with that gentleman, was he? essentially beforehand like just leading up to that moment he had been practicing color breathing and then once he saw what she was wearing was it just into yep just the emotions <laughs> of the colors and exactly. it just all started to to flow out wow exactly exactly oh man that is incredible yeah i mean the breath man like what a gift you know what i mean like it's crazy like as i hear you explaining all of these different forms of breathing you know i want to invite the listener right now to just take a moment and reflect and pause and see how do you take time to breathe in your life what is your relationship to your breath and i'll tell you this if you have no relationship with your breath right now and you decide to form one you're gonna experience profound shifts in your physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual health, without a doubt. And I, I wonder, uh, Devon, like, what role do you see the breath playing in mental health? Well, how we think is how we well how we breathe affects how we think, and how we think affects our actions. And our actions affect how we manifest things into our lives and what we attract into our lives. So it plays a huge ripple into our mental health overall because the breathing pattern affects the mental patterns that we hold within our, within our, within our minds. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really the first thing, right? And it's funny because I look back at a lot of the just the things that I've learned or just at least the things that I hear. And oftentimes people say, oh, you got to start with your thoughts, right? But you're actually showing us that there's a precursor to that. <laughs> and it's actually checking in with like, yo, you got you to gotta check in with how you're breathing mm-hmm. first, right? <laughs> because 
if you're in a stressful situation. To be breathing very shallow, right? On edge, kind of ready to fight, right? Or ready to run away or, or hide or whatever it may be. Because physiologically, that's how we were developed from way, 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 way in our beginning early ancestors, right? But the thing is, that stuff is still wired into our DNA. So if a person isn't breathing slowly, deeply, intentionally, the body's going to think it's in trouble, right? And then if it's constantly in that state, it's no wonder we see all of these different types of ways that it plays out, whether it's through depression, anxiety, um, high blood pressure, heart problems, cancers, like all of these things play a role. And I could imagine that if one started with the breath and just connecting, building that relationship, knowing really just having the awareness of tapping into it and slowing it down when it's needed, a person's entire health would shift radically. So I'm curious, as you look at the breath and like teaching people about it, what are you starting to find in terms of people becoming like more open to it and realizing that, okay, this is actually a tool that like I'm ready to use. And I've seen that you've built communities, many communities around this. Yeah, one of the things people are realizing how <laughs> how how it ripples. I'll, I'll I'll give you an example. The Eiffel Tower took 1.4 million dollars to create. If you take the average worker and you take the average breath per day, which is about 20,000 breaths per day, which is a lot, and you multiply that by how long the Eiffel Tower took, you get 1.4 billion something, something, something. So what are the odds of the 1.4 being there and it took $1.4 million to make? That's so funny. What a, what a connection, right? Uh-huh. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. What, what are the types of things you're doing now with your different communities and the things that you have available where you're bringing all of these different modalities to people. Yeah, so we're integrating stuff like scalar, scalar technology. Um, now within the communities, I do something called Breath Dojo, which is something we start 3 a.m. Eastern time and go every three hours till the next day, or I have the group vote whether they wanted to do it, a two-day thing or a three-day experience doing that. And the beautiful thing about this type of breath work, and they can join in and leave anytime uh, they want within those within those sessions, and it respects all levels of breath work, and that's a beautiful thing. And it's parasympathetic; it's not sympathetic where you're going to pass out, have a seizure, and it's really exercising your willpower, which is a beautiful, powerful thing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I think giving people the opportunity to be in a space where no matter what level they're at, they can participate. I mean, that level of inclusion, I think, is so important in the health, wellness, personal development fields. Because I think in, in my experience, at least just how I look at it, there's so many spaces that people just feel intimidated to even jump into. Many a times because of her own self-limiting beliefs of like, oh, I'm not good enough, I don't know enough, or I'm going to look foolish, or I'm going to slow the group down, or whatever the story may be. 
you providing this type of space where you say like, hey, like we respect all breaths as it comes in yeah. and how it shows up. Like that creates a powerful safe container. So I can imagine that that group has grown tremendously since you started it. Yes, you could say that it has. And it's, when did you start the Breath Dojo? Uh, oh, it's actually called Breath Family. We do we Breath do Breath Family. Gotcha. Yeah, Breath Family, and we do Breath Dojo within the Breath Family. Right now, we're actually doing a ten-week journey on mental breath work and um, exploring exploring that. I started it about uh, two years ago. Actually, it's this is year number two. It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, and I and I feel like you started it at the perfect time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I did. I really did, and um, it, it coming here in Miami showed me how powerful and important community 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 really is. So that helped influence me to make the members group. I love that. That's powerful, and it's cool too that you're doing it in Miami because I always joke around <laughs> with uh, friends that I have that don't live here that you know the perception of Miami is very much changing, right? And when I say that, I mean most people, at least in my experience, the people I've spoken to, they think of Miami as just like this crazy party place, right? Which it is, right? Which you can do that as much as you want. Like there's no shortage of ways to do it. But what's also cool is that Miami is also like as chill as you want it to be, right? Or as like deep when it comes to the inner work and like just different forms and modalities of health, spirituality, you name it. And really everything in between. So what I love about this community is that there is so many opportunities for like-minded people like us to come together, collaborate, uh, create opportunities for all of us so that we can ultimately live the life that we want to live and create the impact that we want to make in the world. Yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful space and it's, it's only going to get better. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. I'm curious, like what, what do you feel like your, your mission is or just like your impact that you're trying to leave here on this earth and also like for yourself? My mission is to just share breath consciousness and show how expanding it really can be. And within the expansion, people, uh, people are going to use it for themselves to, either grow even bigger communities beyond breath family in a sense and and really expand its multi-dimensional layers and and really um, giving more energy to that that raw that raw power of what the breath can can have I love, I love that. that I love, I love that. that and, and, and something, and something I always see you talk about, about is just like how much you want to build community, community right? right how much, how much you want to share these gifts with, with. When was, when was it for you, for you that, that you started realizing that community is an important, an important value, value of yours? Uh, mo- moving to Miami when I met, uh, so I was in Jersey at the time, and this was this, when this whole thing started. My friend was here in Miami, and he did uh, a little breathwork class in an ice cream parlor. So when I heard he did it in an ice cream parlor of all places, I'm like, hmm, okay. Then it, it just shows how 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 um open miami really is in terms of that consciousness so i was like okay i'm definitely definitely coming down here and when i came down here he was in lockdown in hawaii and he never moved and then oh wow yeah and then i moved here 
And then I met uh, my friend uh, Jeff, and then I got introduced to, um, he made a men's circle. Mm-hmm. And, and just overall going at the Coconut Grove, um, uh, the Coconut Grove um, market. Farmer's market, yeah. Yeah, the farmer's market. Uh, you know, it was an interesting bubble <laughs> at that time, too, where everyone is like-minded, and, and that's what really showed me the power. Yeah, it's dope. And, and was this beforehand, before you got down here and you started to see how community was being built and formed here, was it not the same for you in Jersey? Not, yeah, not necessarily. I, I feel like Jersey, it somewhat had um, certain pockets and I didn't really feel what I feel here in Miami where you can go into different pockets and everyone would be open. It, I, I didn't feel, in Jersey, I felt somewhat closed off when you go in certain pockets and it wasn't as a, as as much as a collaborated effort. But here it's it's. Yeah, for sure. For sure. No, I definitely agree with that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've lived down here uh, pretty much my entire life outside of the four years I was in D.C. when I went to Georgetown. And it's just so incredible to see how welcoming and how open uh, South Florida is. And it's always been a melting pot in the sense of you have so many different ethnicities. You have so many different cultures that are down here. But to also see now this really like psychographic of people who are really about bettering themselves and then bettering the people around them, which means bettering the community around them is really cool. And it's like, there's a bunch of different events that happen in different pockets of Miami, whether it's, it's South beach, whether it's Edgewater, whether it's Wynwood, whether it's by Brickle or coconut Grove, the Gables, it's like all of these places have similar events and I'll see similar people at all these different places, right? It's never just like one group's over here, one group's over there. Like to your point, it is a place where, man, all these pockets have the same people or the same types of people within them. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Um, uh, you know, it's it's so funny. Like you'll meet someone here that will know will know that person, but or they've heard of a, a certain person but I haven't even met them yet and right. I, I, I get I hear that a lot here for sure I feel like that's how it was with us <laughs> when we first met it's like I definitely had, like saw you on someone else's um, page or someone else's event or something like that and I was like oh shoot okay. he's here now live in the flesh let me go say what's up to my man yeah so I love how that plays out and I know you got a big trip coming up man big big trip yeah, I'm curious, like, man, can you just let the people know, one, the intentions of that trip, and then two, kind of just how all of that unfolded for you? Because I think it's a great example of what happens when a person is really, like, living their path. Yeah, so Egypt, I'm going to be part of a, a one-week excursion. Uh, one-week excursion, I'll be doing the breath work on the third day. But one of my main intentions is is uh, harmonizing more with the energy and and uh, I'll be bringing my scalar technology over there into the pyramids and and harmonizing with that energy in itself and see how how the scalar effects such a sacred geometric intentional uh, 
intentional temple, so to speak, because mm-hmm. our ancestors in general, they knew about certain sacred structures and utilizing sound to give a quote unquote scalar effect in that sense. So I love that. And for the people that are listening, can you kind of break down what this scalar technology is, what scalar effects are? Because when we met, that's the first time I ever heard about that. So I can only imagine that most of the people listening haven't even heard of this technology before. Yeah. So the past, a little quick background before I get into what it is, the past nine months now, people all over the world have been sending in their pictures and we put a biogeometric blueprint over it. And Mm -hmm. and that's where I saw you wearing the necklace. I'm like, (laughs) ah, we put the biogeometric blueprint over their pictures (laughs) and then we put it on the actual scaler that is a body. You can look at the scaler as a body. Just going back to the whole mirror neurons, I feel like that's the easiest way to comprehend it. And it's a body of energy that compresses certain frequencies together. And let's say you want to target something like Paget's disease or asthma. You can type in, you can type that in and it'll go into the scalar. And no matter where the person is in the world, they'll be able to feel that shower of frequencies um, in, the, in their lives. And it, it really manifests even beyond the physical. Certain, certain things will start to structure around them and they're like, hmm, <laughs> you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting phenomenon of what the scalar does in terms of how it harmonizes um, with them. And what the scalar is, it's zero point energy, so it's it's not going from point A to point B, like electricity, for instance. Mm-hmm. Electricity is actually derivative from scalar. Scalar is the granddaddy or the, 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 the forefather, if you will. And it's emanating a particular energy that that creates that creates a resonance and environment where it's easy for the body to absorb when you're in person with it mm. and uh and the beautiful thing about it is let's say you can put you can also put someone's fingernail onto the scaler and remotely they'll be able to still feel the energy as well back and forth oh man that's super powerful super powerful and it's interesting when you talk about the scaler you talk about how it's this zero point energy does that relate to like quantum physics and like the zero point or like the zero, zero field? field? Yes, because it's instantaneous. A lot of people say scalar wave, but it's actually a scalar impulse. Just like mm. our heartbeat has a pulse. So wherever the pulse is, that's where the scalar is. Mm, that's incredible. That's incredible. And how did you discover the scalar technology? I discovered it with a friend who has a Rife machine and he introduced me to Scalar and it it literally brought everything together, everything I, I've learned over over the past 10 plus years uh, researching stuff like the, about pyramid energy, uh, tensor rings and literally putting them all together and I had no choice too because he was, he was he's, he's moving to Mount Chasta and I had no choice but to literally create my own and I created something even more efficient where the the scalar itself it's it's gold plated and it has certain composites of, of metal making it more con- conductive to the point where you can I'm even pumping subliminal breathwork music inside the scalar and you can actually hear it and what you're actually hearing it's not like it's a speaker 
you're actually hearing the electrical body of the music itself, which is the wildest thing. And and the next thing is people, even even artists themselves have been also sending in their music. And I put it on the scaler as well. And it just gives the music a different layer beyond the aspect of frequencies. Because the scaler in itself, again, look at it as a body. Another, another a quantum body in a sense. I, you can also look at it in this way too of how ancients how ancient um, kings and, and queens, what they would do, some of them, there were some civilizations and um, some monarchs, what they would do is hire priests and nurses, uh, sorry, they would hire priests and nuns to literally pay, uh, pray for them on a daily basis. And wow. it would, you, you could look at it that way where the scaler is somewhat praying for you <laughs> in a sense mm. in, in, in that mirror I love that I love that yeah just learning more about just the resonance right and just how all of that works and how this technology works is something that I want to dive into more what would be like some good resources say somebody like me who is into a holistic view of human optimization I want to dive deeper and I want to start learning more about things like this that you've been utilizing what do you feel like are like some good resources that to like start out to like build that basic education oh biogeometry you already know the book okay. <laughs> that book perfect yeah i tell everyone that that's a that's a great start that book is my book is powerful. I love it. I love it. And yeah, it's so funny that we connected over that and you saw what I was wearing. And uh, yeah, it's just been a game changer just in terms of being able to feel just the resonance of different areas that I go to. And like for me, I make sure that like my home is as like just in tuned with where how I want it to be because that's where a lot of my time is spent. That's where I'm sleeping. Right. So I, I want that you know, to be as as strong as possible. And the biotechnology, or excuse me, the biogeometry technology has helped me so much with that. You know, we got the little cube that, that pretty much takes up the entire uh, living room, right? Which really creates like a different energy. And people, when they come into my place, like they feel it, right? Very much in the same way, right? When I walked into your place a few weeks ago, it's like I felt it. I could feel the energy. I was tapped into it. And I love just the combination of what you had there in terms of all of the scalar technology, all of the crystals that you have, all of the, you know, the greenery and the, the different plants that are there, not to mention everything that you do with your pyramid structures, which I think are is super fascinating. And for y'all listening, if you've never seen uh, Devon before, man, you, you'll, you'll see that. He, well, I'll let you explain it. How do you describe the, the pyramid that you wear that you also have like in your, in house. your house oh <laughs> uh, so when you wear a pyramid uh, I have a friend in your on neurology and she did a test where when you're wearing the pyramid it puts you more in a theta in a theta brainwave state uh, it, it gets you more tapped into that in, into that brainwave and that's that's powerful for manifestation but more importantly i look at it it's powerful for connecting with your subconscious mind mm. and um, being very more aware and alert uh, in that sense and there's different studies where anything under a pyramid 
lasts a lot longer. Like they did studies with fruit. They did studies with um, people. Uh, they did certain pyramid structures like um, this, I'm not sure what material, was it fiberglass? Like a fiberglass pyramid and they did experiments with people with different illnesses and and um, and different issues would go in there and be just quote-unquote cured or you know all their disease just diminished just mysteriously gone yeah it's incredible it's incredible and something that they talk about in biogeometry is you know structures right like physical structures that people live in or they walk into and if you look like back in the day whether we're talking about the pyramids or would have like tp type structures or whatever it is like nobody was in a square box (laughs) right and it's like these square structures that we live in actually have an uh, a negative impact on our health and it was seen um someone was referencing a study uh dr ibrahim when i was listening to his conversation with paul check and that that's the founder of biogeometry and he was talking ibrahim was talking about how in a study with children with autism in school when they were in the regular classroom which is you know a square structure four walls corners and all that it's like they would be just so much more what's the word i want to use just like upset like visibly upset screaming you know crying just like really on edge moving around a lot versus when they were in a structure that was more like rounded and triangular like almost like a tp type of structure they were way more calm like what like their energy was like way down way more focused and i thought that was absolutely incredible and if you think about it like again what can our world look like if we took some of these older modalities and we started implementing it with the new technology that we have it would be It'd crazy, be crazy. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever heard of any of those studies before? No. Or like any or of any of that talk on kind of the difference between having like a square building or housing versus like the triangular or like teepee structure? No, I've I've never heard of never heard of that. I all I've heard of studies is where they did different things with pyramids and that's about it. I didn't, yeah. I didn't but the whole square thing really makes really makes sense because when you look side by side school a school and the modern day prison they look very similar oh for sure absolutely yeah so it's crazy just to see how the energetics of how shapes play a role in our lives right in the same way that breath plays a huge role in the same way that food and everything just it all plays like a huge role so i love bringing people like you on devon because it gives us the opportunity to learn more about a tool that's already within us, right? The breath. And it also gives us the opportunity if we want to invest in certain types of technologies to be able to go ahead and do that too, to enhance what our bodies are already able to produce. I love that. Man, Devon, for the people listening, where can they find you? Where can they get in touch with you, learn more about your work, tap in with you? Yeah. Yeah, you can find me on Instagram, The Black Airbender. And the main website is www.alchemybreath.work. 
or theblackairbender.info. Perfect. And I'll make sure to link all of that into the show description so people can go and they can find you. And if you're listening, I highly, highly, highly recommend checking out The Black Airbender because he is a wealth of knowledge. He's an incredible man. And what he is sharing with the world is absolutely incredible. And he's doing it in so many different ways, whether it's through technology, whether it's through music. It's all forms that make it very accessible for us to hear. And I'm really hyped to get more of your uh, subliminal breathwork um, music that you got going on. And I was lucky enough to be in studio as y'all were putting some stuff together. (laughs) And uh, man, it's super dope, man. I'm really excited to see that all come together. You can find me on YouTube as well. There's some subliminals on YouTube, the Von the Black Airbender as well. Perfect, perfect. And man, I gotta put you in touch with my with my boys Cody and Daniel. Daniel lives down here. Um, they have a company called Powerful Subliminals, which is amazing. And they got a store on, um, or you can find their stuff either on um, whatever the Google Store is, and then also on um, the Apple Store. And basically, it's the same thing. It's all subliminals that all have like powerful messages behind them like nature sounds, all these different things that are really incredible. So I can definitely see y'all collaborating in a powerful way. Yeah, for sure. Totally open to that. Totally open to collaborating and expanding the breath. I love it, man. We'll do it. We'll do it. My brother, any last words you want to leave the listeners with? Something to inspire them into action, something that they can do for themselves until the next time we meet. Yeah, give gratitude for every breath you take and give and you'll start to realize the abundance of things to be grateful for. Aho, great spirit. Appreciate you, my brother. Oh.